The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good day, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative Word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you would like to check us out online, please do so, sonsoflibertyradio.com, also sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of the radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com. There you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. One on the left side of the page is Bradley's show from yesterday. They were still out in California, so if you'd like to catch that, you can do so up until 3 o'clock this afternoon, at which time, I don't know if you'll be live or if they'll be... Going back home, I I really don't know. I thought they were already supposed to be back home, but um, they'll be. He'll either be live in that area, or there'll be an education video in that little slot. Three o'clock this afternoon. Okay, on the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button, blow it up whatever device you got there. Look for the rumble icon. Um, bottom right hand corner, click on that and join us in the chat. We've got some friends over there this morning. Good morning, you guys. Good to see you. And uh, while you're over there, please subscribe to that channel, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Sons of Liberty Radio Live uh, is the channel on Rumble. And then we're also on BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page over there. And I appreciate Michael Roach and his team giving us a spot on their platform. Back to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, right up under where we're streaming live, where you can sign up for our email newsletter. Please do that. Um, That's all the articles we have for the day, including the Morning Show archive. So you guys see, that's the second one down here from yesterday's show. Uh, You can get that video, podcast, and all of the links and video, whatever we had. Same thing will happen today. Everything that we make mention of, that's in there. So please be sure to sign up for that. Also, if you've signed up, you're not getting it. Uh, it's one of two things. Either, well, it can be one of several things. Uh, you could have accidentally unsubscribed. You could purposely unsubscribed. Uh, it could be in your spam, um, which your ISP or your email provider is probably doing to you. And even though you whitelist it and everything else, they'll still throw it in there. That's just how they're doing things. But uh, we appreciate your support by signing up there on the Sons of Liberty media email list. All right. Um, Gosh, I, yeah, I hate, this is almost like beating a dead horse, except the do, the horse seems to be still be alive, and that's the problem. Uh, still seems to be alive with so many people. And let me just say before I share this information, this is not Trump bashing. This is letting Trump 
show who he is to the people who will see him for who he is. And no, I have no desire to see Hillary Clinton in office or Joe Biden. I'm look, I'm my vote's not going for any of those cats up there in DC. I've already told you. All right, if you don't know the people that you're voting for, and I'm talking about know them. You know their character. You know how they are at home. You know how they are in public. You you know the kind of person they are. If you don't know that, you have no business voting for them. You really don't. You shouldn't put them in office. When you go back into Acts chapter 7 and you see that the the people for the Hellenistic uh, Jews who the, the widows weren't being cared for, what did the apostles do? Well, they came and they said, you select men who are full of the Holy Ghost and they had certain character qualities that they knew about, that the people knew about, and they selected from them the men who would become the first deacons. They knew the men. They knew them by their character. And that's who they gave. And then when you see the examples um, in the scriptures of elders or deacons, those who lead by their example, what, what, are, they, what are they known by? They're known intimately in their homes, have what their children are like, what their wives are like, what, you know, how they conduct themselves, both in the home and out of the home. All of that's very important. And some people say, well, that's a qualification in the church. It's not a qualification for a state guy. Well, are you telling me that you want to lower the standard for a guy who is going to be engaged in a public trust? You're going to lower the standard for his character versus the guy you're going to go here preach the Word of God? Hmm. Maybe we need to rethink our values in that. By the way, speaking of values, I got a thing the other day in the mail. Uh, Nikki Haley running for office. Oh, she's one. She's a fight. She's one that we need there. And I just, I'm just sitting here wadding it up in my hand, getting ready for the trash because they just waste their money to send it to me. There's no way I'm supporting that lady. Uh, she was bad for South Carolina. She'll be bad for the United States. Trust me in that. Um, but with that said, you know, some people have sent me some things over the days, and we're gonna, we're probably gonna play this video from Bradley again because I, I just think there's still people who want to deny what's right in front of their face um, with Donald Trump. They want to say he did things that he just did not do and that he didn't do things that he clearly did. And so we like to let him speak for himself and show you, you know, for himself, uh, you know, what he engages in. Um, <clears throat> now, I've done these I, I've done these things before. Uh, I, I, we've done a whole thing on the antichrist nature of Donald Trump. And when I, I talk about antichrist, what I'm saying is, see, most people think of some, you know, guy with horns sticking out of his head. Uh, they get, maybe they envision this guy from the left behind series. What was his name? Nikolai something. Um, that maybe they picture the guy, uh, that, um, gosh, what's that guy's name? He was in the Jurassic Park films, Sam Neill. Uh, you know, he did the Omen series back in the seventies. They, they have that kind, he kind of has this, you know, demonic look on his face or something like that. Nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, Jesus said he came in his name and you, the people wouldn't receive him. He says, but another will come in his name and you'll receive him. This is, and if that doesn't speak about Trump and I'm not talking about that, this is that, but I'm saying there's an application here. Trump comes in his own name. Oh, no, no, Tim. Remember when he stood out in front of that church and he held the Bible up? Yeah, I, that Bible that he doesn't read? Yeah, I remember that. I remember how he pushed people out of, or he got people out of there so he could go do a photo op for it. I remember that. Yep. 
I remember when he retweeted the um, thing from Wayne Allen Root about being like the second coming of God. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in case people didn't see it, this is it. Thank you to Wayne Allen Root for the very nice words. And, and he, he quotes it and retweets it. Listen to, what, listen to these very nice words. How many of you would have accepted these words from anybody, regardless of what position you were in? How many of you would have accepted these kind of words and not corrected this guy? Here's Wayne's Root, Wayne Allen Root's words that Donald Trump says very nice, and Donald Trump retweeted him. President Trump is the greatest president for Jews and for Israel in the history of the world, not just America. He's the best president for Israel in the history of the world, and the Jewish people in Israel love him. Well, he's not the president of Israel. And this is where we get lost in things. Our, pre our president is supposed to be our president, not the president of the world. Okay, And then he goes on, he says, the Jewish people in Israel love him like he's the king of Israel. They love him like he's the second coming of God. But American Jews don't know, don't know him or like him. They don't even know what they're doing or saying anymore. It makes no sense. But that's okay if he keeps doing what he's doing. He's good for all Jews, blacks, gays, everyone. And importantly, he's good for everyone in America who wants a job. <laughs> wow. That's what Donald puts, and, and I'm, I kind of echo that. Wow. I mean, can you get more blasphemous than that? Seriously, can you get more blasphemous than that? This is straight out of Acts chapter 12. I mean, where Herod is doing what he's doing, standing up there in this shiny attire, speaking, and the people go, the voice of a God and not of a man, the voice of a God and not of a man. The Bible says an angel struck him because he didn't correct it. He didn't give glory to God. An angel struck him and he died eaten of worms. Could bring that to the modern day and say eaten of parasites. That's what he was doing. I mean, it's, it's absolutely incredible to me that somebody would do that. But it goes much further than this. I, I mean, there's literally a book, uh, and I didn't bring this up, I, my... I was trying to bring up several scripture verses. I don't know that I'm going to be able to bring them all up here. I've got them listed, but uh, for whatever reason, the um, the browser page just on that one was freezing up, so I had a little bit of a problem there. Uh, but there was a guy who wrote a book, um, and I'm trying to just look at. I just I just want to show you guys. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to for me. Growing up the way I did, it's hard for me to understand anybody who would be so brazen as to put out something like this. I, I just, it, it's, you, you got to see it to believe it. Uh, this was put out in January of 2022. It's on Amazon. You can find it. It's by Helgard Mueller. I think that's how you pronounce his name. This is the description, Now I'll give you the title for you guys on the radio. During the presidency of President Donald Trump, it became evident to me that the prophecies about the Son of Man, as predicted by Jesus and the Bible, were, to a significant extent, fulfilled at the hands of Mr. Trump. 
I want to tell you, who did Jesus refer to when he said the Son of Man? The Son of Man will be betrayed, right? He's going to Jerusalem. He's going to be betrayed. He's going to be flogged. He's going to be turned over to the chief priests and the scribes. He's going to be killed. He's going to be buried. But the third day he'll rise again. That's what Jesus said about the Son of Man. Did that happen with Trump? No. The Bible speaks about two different Christs or Messiahs. Jesus, Son of God, is the one Christ, whereas the Son of Man is the other. No, it doesn't. It doesn't speak about that. And by the way, I've got a video of some of these Zionists telling Trump, and he's listening to him. he's buying into all of it, that he is one of these Christs. Ben David or whatever. And that his son-in-law is the other one. I, I, I've got the video on Sons of Liberty. I wish I could remember the name of the the title of the article that we did on that, but that's over at Sons of Liberty. I was going to try to bring that up today. The name of this book is President Donald J. Trump, The Son of Man, The Christ. I, you, you can't make stuff up like this, that people have done this. This is not the only one, by the way. I mean, not that this one isn't blasphemous enough. Okay, Look at this. Jesus Christ and Donald Trump poster. Picture art, canvas. Look at this. See, this is what the modern church brings out. This kind of imagery. Jesus doesn't look like that. Well, how do you know, Tim? Well, how do you know he looks like that? You don't. You make an idol. You make a figment of your imagination, and you erect it as though it is the Christ himself. And so that's why when anybody holds up a silhouette, doesn't even have to have um, you know, facial features or any. When they hold up a silhouette, they go, that's Jesus. Now, how, do, how are they doing that? Because they've been trained, because they've been indoctrinated to recognize certain things in the way they look as to be that. You hear these people talking about encountering Jesus. Oh, I was shaving, and Jesus walked into the bathroom, and we just had a conversation. You didn't encounter Jesus, man. You were having a little thing going on in your head, but you didn't encounter the risen Lord. Because everybody he appeared to, he caused great fear to come upon them. In his glory, now recognize he's not in his humiliation. This is why I say stuff like this. I got a real hard time with these artist rendition of Jesus. But they lead to more idolatry. I mean, it was Calvin who talked about our hearts are little idol factories, and they are. They absolutely are. So, <clears throat> with that said, someone sent this to me the other day. And whoever this is, I, just as idolatrous, boy. I, I, and look, I, understand something. I believe that God uses all kinds of men. And, and the only men he has to use are sinners, okay? So let's just get that out of the way. Because there is no other man that he can use like that. Uh, except Christ, and Christ has already accomplished his Messiah work. He's already come as the Son of Man, and he's already accomplished what he said he would accomplish. Read Luke 24, 44. All those things that the Scriptures talked about in the Old Testament, they speak of me. That's what he said. They were prophesying of me. I fulfilled those prophecies. I've done it. So they take this, <clears throat> and they have taken Paul Harvey's God Made a Farmer, and they produce this blasphemous work, God Made Trump.
1946, God looked down on his planned paradise and said, I need a caretaker, so God gave us Trump. God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, fix this country, work all day, fight the Marxists, eat supper, then go to the Oval Office and stay past midnight at a meeting of the heads of state. So God made Trump. I need somebody with arms, strong enough to rustle the deep state, and yet gentle enough to deliver his own grandchild. Somebody to ruffle the feathers, tame cantankerous World Economic Forum, come home hungry, have to wait until the first lady is done with lunch with friends, then tell the ladies to be sure and come back real soon, and mean it. So God gave us Trump. I need somebody who can shape an axe, but wield a sword had the courage to step foot in North Korea, who can make money from the tar of the sand, turn liquid to gold, who understands the difference between tariffs and inflation, will finish his 40-hour week by Tuesday noon, but then put in another 72 hours. So God made Trump. God had to have somebody willing to go into the den of vipers, call out the fake news for their tongues as sharp as a serpent's. The poison of vipers is on their lips, and yet stop. So God made Trump. God said, I need somebody who will be strong and courageous, who will not be afraid or terrified of the wolves when they attack, a man who cares for the flock, a shepherd to mankind who won't ever leave nor forsake them. I need the most diligent worker to follow the path and remain strong in faith and know the belief of God and country, somebody who's willing to drill, bring back manufacturing and American jobs, farm the lands, secure our borders, build our military, deliver bioweapons, and finish a hard week's work by attending church on Sunday. And then his oldest son turns and says, Dad, let's make America great again. Dad, let's build back a country to be the envy of the world again. So God made Trump. All right, so there, there you go. I mean, this is—it's just. Uh, you know. All right, so we're gonna cut that off there. You—you—you you, you see the—I mean, if you can't see the level of idolatry here, I, I don't know how to help you. I really don't know how to help you. The—the—the the, the whole depiction here. It sounds like the very description I just read to you from this blasphemous book, Trump, the Son of Man, the Christ. The whole thing sounds like that. Again, no mention of the bioweapon. No mention of the trillions of dollars in debt in one term that almost toppled Barack Obama in two terms. No mention of We'll take the guns first, due process later. No mention of that wall not getting built that he said was going to be so high, nobody could get over it, and it was going to be rebar and concrete. No mention of that. No mention of the fact that he gave away American sovereignty in the USMCA. Gave you NAFTA back plus 10%, and that's according to the Council on Foreign Relations President. No mention of the fact that almost 70% of that USMCA was the Trans-Pacific Partnership verbatim that he shut down. 
Were there good things that he did? Yeah, there were some good things that he did. The opening of, of hemp here in the United States, which was something that our forefathers said we should be doing. I think it was George Washington who said that seed should be spread from coast to coast, you know, the, all over the land. Used because they made clothes, they made rope, they made all kinds of stuff with it. He opened some of that up. As far as I know, he didn't start any new wars. He was still engaged in some of the ones that we were in, but he didn't start any new ones, as far as I know. But it's this thing of the idolatry. It's the, it's the looking to him as a savior. Some people want to distinguish when you call it, oh, no, Trump is my president, but Jesus is my savior. But you look at how you listen to what they say. You hear what they talk about, and you hear the context that they put it in, and you can tell who they are looking to for their Savior. It ain't Jesus. Oh, Tim, that's a little judgmental. Look, I'm just, I'm just taking and looking at the fruit of what's there. Okay? Just taking and looking at the fruit of what's there. Um, let me give you a, a couple of instances here. Uh, of stuff that I'm talking about. Now, this is uh, one that you would you would know. Let me. I didn't bring this up, so hopefully we don't. Yeah, we don't have a uh, commercial coming on here. All right. So this is Trump again. Just reminders because I, you know, I know people forget. I, I know they forget, or for some people they've never seen it. There's been so many people that you know have talked to me as a result of the Sons of Liberty, both the morning and the afternoon show, and just us showing you that really both sides are doing the same thing. They're advancing the same agenda. They do it a different, that both sides do it a different way. One of them does it just full frontal head on, they do it. And the other group stands back and points and say, look at what they're doing, but they don't stop them. This is one, and I want you to watch sort of the, again, the, the blasphemous nature of which Trump responds right here with the cameras in his face. Watch what he says and watch how he responds here. You people on the, uh, on the radio, you know, you'll hear what he says. You, you'll hear exactly what he says. Take a listen. Somebody, excuse me, somebody had to do it. I am the chosen one. Somebody had to do it. So I'm he looks up China. to heaven with I'm his hands open. I'm the chosen on one. And you know what? We're winning because we're the piggy bank. We're the one that all these countries, including the European Union, wants to rob and takes advantage of. European Union, $200 billion. China, more than $500 billion. Sorry. Uh, I was put here. Okay. I was so put here by people. I was put here by people to do a great job. And that's what I'm doing. And nobody's done a job uh -huh. like I've done. Yeah, now, nobody's done it. No, China, no somebody, let's back him up. I want you to hear that part again. Somebody had to do it. I am the chosen one. See? Somebody had to do it. So okay. I'm taking on... So it's true. It's true what they were doing as far as the money and stuff like that. And he did put up at least what we saw, calling them to pay their fair share and all this other stuff. Frankly, I think we should get out of it. <laughs> Instead of calling on those people to pay their fair share, let's take care of things here at home. Let them take care of their own backyard. Okay? Let them do that. But it's worse than that. Again, I... I, I, I look to the, the men who say they're the men of God in this country. 
Usually many of them are leaders of particular denominations. Southern Baptist Convention is a big one. They put the camera on, you know, when they want to hear about political people and stuff. And I was in the SBC. I know. I know how some of those guys treat these guys uh, who will get into politics. If they even blink Jesus, okay, they're, they're, they're applauding them and they're behind them. Seriously, that's, that's all it takes. If you can just say Jesus, then um, that shows us you got some courage. I'm going to show you why that doesn't mean squat in just a minute. But here again is Trump. And this one again is, I mean, this is at the heart of everything because you saw in that little video, God, God made Trump. You saw when he talked about he could still be spiritual. I forget the exact words that they were using Paul Harvey's voice to say, but he was talking about he could be spiritual and they, he had all these, uh, uh, I, I call them charlatans, Paula White and that whole crowd around him praying and stuff, you know. And, and they've got a different gospel, by the way, which makes them antichrist. I mean, that's what, it, because if you're not promoting the Christ who came from heaven, clothed himself in flesh, that he might live a perfect life, be a spotless sacrifice for the sins of men, and that takes away the sins of men. He died, he rose again, he's now seated at the right hand of the Father, which you're going to judge all men. If that's not your gospel, then you don't have one. You have something, but it's not the gospel, and the Bible says that it makes that of which you carry and that for who you are anathema or damned. You're cut off. Galatians 1.8. This is the gospel... I want you to listen. This is the gospel that Donald Trump believes. You, you need to hear this. If he's had a dramatic change, like we're told by some people, oh, he got he became a Christian in the White House. That's that's pretty convenient. I'm not saying it can't happen, but that's pretty convenient, isn't it? It never come off of Trump's lips. It comes off everybody else's, not his. And if he was truly changed, you would know it. It would be evident to everybody he was changed. Okay, but this came as he was running. For president, many of you probably remember this. I still find a lot of people who've never seen this clip, never heard it. And so this is why we'll occasionally bring it back and play it. This is Trump being asked if he's ever went to God and asked for forgiveness. So we've got people lined up for questions. I just got one more because you used the word Christian. Have you ever asked God for forgiveness? That's a tough question. I, I don't think in terms of, I have, I'm, I'm a religious person. Shockingly, because people are so shocked when they find this out. Uh, I'm Protestant, I'm Presbyterian. And I go to church and I love God and I love my church. And Norman Vincent Peale, the great Norman Vincent Peale was my pastor. The power of positive thinking, everybody's heard of Norman and I love my church. And Norman Vincent Peale, the great Norman Vincent Peale was my pastor. The power of positive thinking. Everybody's heard of Norman Vincent Peale. He was so great. He would give a sermon you never wanted to leave. Sometimes we have sermons and every once in a while we think about leaving a little early, right? Even though we're Christian. <laughs> Dr. Norman Vincent Peale, Frank, would give a, survey, would give a sermon. I I'm telling you, I still remember his sermons. It was unbelievable. And what he would do is he'd bring real-life situations, modern-day situations, into the sermon. And you could listen to him all day long. When you left the church, 
you were disappointed that it was over. He was the greatest guy. And then, you know, he passed away, but he was a great, the, the, he wrote The Power of Positive Thinking, which is but, a great book. But have you ever asked God for forgiveness? <laughs> I mean, why is this a hard question? Seriously. I'm not sure I have. I just go and try and do a better job from there. I don't think so. I think I, if, I, if I do something wrong, I think I just try and make it right. I don't bring God into that picture. I don't. Now, when I take, you know, when we go in church and, and when I drink my little wine, which is about the only wine I drink, and have my little cracker, I guess that's a form of asking for forgiveness. And I do that as often as possible because I feel cleansed, okay? But, uh, you know, to me, that's important. I do that. But in terms of officially, I should, I see, I could say absolutely, and everybody, I don't think in terms of that. I, I think in terms of let's go on and let's make. Okay. All right. So we're off the music. <laughs> the, the point is, is this, look, I, he has a certain angle here. And that is, I try to, I try to right the wrong. That's a good thing. That's part of what repentance is, is wanting to turn away from doing the wrong and do the right. That's part of what, so I'll give a point there for that. But when you see men of God throughout scripture, what are they doing? Are they confessing their sins? Oh, yes. Daniel chapter 9. Daniel is there confessing his sins and the sins of his people. He's confessing them in order to seek forgiveness. David, Psalm 51. He is confessing his sin. And he is asking God to beat the dirt out of him, creating him a clean heart, make him clean again. We see the publican in the temple while the Pharisees over there telling God how thankful God should be for him, the publican is over in the corner beating on his breast going, God have mercy on me, a sinner. You see, there's something, there is something completely different from the person who responds to maybe a hellfire brimstone kind of message um, to scare them into the kingdom, if you will, versus somebody who the Spirit of God quickens, he gives them a new birth, he makes them alive, Ephesians 2. God shows mercy to that person by making them alive and quickening them. And all of a sudden, they believe what's going on, and they cry out for forgiveness, and they seek repentance. See, that's the fruit of real salvation. It's not salvation, it's the fruit of it. I may do a show tomorrow because I had somebody who comes in. I don't think he comes in in the mornings, but he does come in in the afternoon show. And, uh, he, you know, he had, a, he had a little tough time the other week when I was talking about God's sovereignty in all things. And he wanted to use words I didn't use. And he used those terms not knowing what they mean, meant or what they mean because I could tell in his explanation he didn't know what they meant. And then he called them heresies, which he has no authority to do, because the church has already determined that what he holds to and what he's promoting is actually the heresy. They've already, the, the church has already established that. They even condemned their brothers and their fathers and their uncles and other men who held to those things, saying they were putting their feet back on a road to Rome. We did a show for that. You can find it. Um, on sonsoflibertymedia.com or settingbrushfires.com. Setting Brush Fires is where all my morning shows go. Um, 
And it was called putting your, I think it was called, are you putting your feet back towards Rome? Something like that. It was all about the Senate of Dort. The struggle over what the gospel was that ended up, that they rediscovered, the reformers rediscovered, and it broke the back of the papacy's tyranny over Europe. That gospel, not this fake gospel that you don't have to turn from your sin, you don't have to stop being a drunkard, an adulterer, uh, a liar, a thief, a sodomite, a lesbian, uh, you know, an extorter. You don't have to stop any of that. You can just tack Jesus on. That's not the, that's not the gospel. Now, the gospel calls men away from sin. It shows them theirs, and they're horrified. Why? Because they know they're worthy of judgment. This is why I'm saying it's a drastic transformation. Even for the person who hasn't been all out in the world, you know, just sending it up, it, there's still a drastic change in their thinking. It becomes even more clear whatever they were holding to. So all of that's there. <clears throat> Nevertheless, these are some of the things that we've, we've seen here. Um... I was going to come over here, and I'm going to I'm going to play this little video for people. So we're going to get to that in just a second. Um, this is the one that Bradley did. I think it was a it was a really great job, and we're I'm going to run out of time if I don't start it up here. But if we go over a little bit, we'll go over a little bit. Some of you have already seen this or you've heard it, but I think it it bears witness again to just let Donald Trump say what he's saying. And again. <laughs> I don't have to do this with Joe Biden. Everybody already knows he's a criminal. They know he's a traitor. You guys who listen, you know that. I don't have to convince you. If I come on here and I just keep telling you that every day, what good is that doing? How is that challenging you to see the bigger picture that you're being played on both sides? How does that help you? I don't think that it does. So again, I let Trump say what he says on his own. And you say, well, what Trump talks, see, Trump talks about God and he talks about taking communion and he was in this Presbyterian church and Tim, you're a Presbyterian. Yeah, but these guys, the, this church that, that he said he went to, okay, Norman Vincent Peale not only preached the power of positive thinking, look, I believe we ought to think positively, don't get me wrong, um, but this is, a, this is a perversion of what the scripture talks about, about things that we should be thinking about. On top of that, he promoted neuro-linguistic programming, which my father, they brought in the Southern Baptist Convention down here in uh, North Carolina, across the line. And my dad walked out of their meeting. He said, well, hey, this is, no, we're not doing, I'm not being a part of this. They brought that in the Southern Baptist Convention. But just because those things are there does not mean this makes one a Christian. Let me give you a couple, just two examples here. This comes from Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, verse 31, this is a Jesus, he comes and he finds a man who has, he's got an unclean spirit. Listen to what it says. And it came, it came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath days. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. And in the synagogue there was a man, which had a spirit of an unclean devil, and cried out with a loud voice, saying, Let us alone, what have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Now, understand, this man probably had never met Jesus. But this demon knew who he was. Art thou come to destroy us? I know who thou art, the Holy One of God. And this is a demon saying this. 
And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him and hurt him not. And they were all amazed and spake among themselves, saying, What a word is this? For with authority and power he commandeth the unclean spirits, and they come out. Wow. But I want you to notice something. This spirit knew who Jesus was. Knew he was the Holy One of God. That's not all. James chapter 2. Very similar. Those of you who say, well, I believe in God. God's the only way it can judge me. All right, you listen here. All right, you who, who talk like that. James chapter 2, verse 19. Thou believest that there is one God. Good. Thou doest well. The devils have one up on you. For the devils also believe and they tremble. Why do they tremble? Because they actually believe that one God exists. And that he's going to deal with them one day, just like he's going to deal with every rebellious sinner. Okay? Then he goes on, he says, But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou hath faith wrought with his works, and by works was made perfect, or by works was faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. And so what the writer here is saying, what James is saying, is not an attack against what Paul was arguing in Romans, that we are saved by faith alone. What he's saying is, is faith does not exist by itself. Faith comes, it is there, the person has it, and then it, that faith is demonstrated by what they say, what they do. It all goes together to justify their claim that they have real faith. And it's not a devil faith. They don't just believe and tremble. They believe and act. They walk in the works which God has created for them beforehand, Ephesians 2.10. That's what they do. And that's why there's a transformation. However, what we're looking at in this, and I want you to keep this in mind because we're going to start this video up here in a second. Again, it runs about 20 minutes, so we may go over a couple of minutes. Let me. I'm going to read a couple of passages here. Some of them are able to pull up, and then we'll have to read them off my notes here. This one is from 1 John. See, there's a lot of talk about Antichrist, and I see a lot of people, they put up videos in the Antichrist, who's the Antichrist, all this. If you read your Bible, what you're going to see about Antichrist is a person who has a certain doctrine they hold to. And that doctrine is very simple. Okay, that doctrine is, is that Jesus has not come in the flesh, that he is not God in the flesh, and he didn't do what he claimed he would do. Uh, let me, the only place you read the word Antichrist in all of the Bible is First and Second John. It's not in the book of Revelation. It's not in the book of Daniel. It's not in Matthew. It's not in Mark, Luke, John. It's not anywhere else. First and Second John is the only place it is. Okay? This is First. John chapter 2, it's mentioned two times in this passage. 1 John chapter 2, beginning at verse 
18, here's what he says. Little children, it is the last time. And as you have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are many Antichrists. Now, some people have said, you've heard that Antichrist shall come. It's kind of like, okay, maybe there's a rumor that there's some guy coming, or there's an actual teaching. Okay? But I want you to notice what he says. He doesn't focus on that. In fact, he doesn't focus on that in any of the other mentions of Antichrist he writes in his epistles. He says, even now are there are many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. He's writing that in the first century. I believe he's writing that before 70 AD. And he knows it's the last time. The last time for what? If you go through the kingdom series we've done, you'll see it very clearly. Matthew 24 is not talking about today. It's not, it's not, it's not. I don't care who you are or what you say. When you go back, and if you're pressed to stay in that context and to see historically what Jesus said would come to pass, you will know it is the end of the world or the end of the age. Same thing. World in the, in the original language there is era. It's a time period. It's the end of the Old Covenant. So when God said he would utterly destroy them, we were talking about that in Deuteronomy 28, Leviticus 26, he was going to utterly destroy them for their disobedience. He had already divorced them. Jeremiah had given them a writ of divorce. And now he's going to bring in the stoning, for lack of a better picture here, of the city of Jerusalem for their adulteries. Okay? So he says, we know that it is the last time. It's the end of the Old Covenant era there in the first century. They went out from us, but they were not of us. Who? The Antichrists. They used to be with us. In other words, these Antichrists are apostates. They've left the real gospel. They've left the real faith. They were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. Now, some people say, well, if I left, you say, well, I never really had it, but I really did. No, you didn't. The Scripture says you didn't. That's why you're leaving. If they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth, but because ye know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. He that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. This was the one that was freezing up on me. I don't know why it was a why it was a problem. He warns in chapter four, first John, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Now Deuteronomy thirteen, Deuteronomy eighteen lay out conditions for dealing with false prophets. Those that tell you something's gonna happen it does, and they lead you after a God you have not known. Those who tell you something is going to happen, it doesn't happen, and you have a rock party with them. What happens when somebody comes along and they're telling you certain things? Like what we've, we've talked about here. God made Trump. God is like this, or Trump is like the second coming of God. He's like, yeah, 
Christ. He's the Son of Man. Blah blah. He's all this stuff. The Word made flesh. You've seen some of the billboards. The Word made flesh with Donald Trump's picture on it. Uh, the government shall be upon his shoulders with John, Donald Trump's picture on it. First John chapter 4. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. In other words, that God came in the flesh. How do I know that? The same John that wrote this also wrote John 1.1. 1, 1. What does it say? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It, you can literally read verse 2 of chapter 4 this way and understand it the way John is communicating. Every spirit that confesseth that God is come in the flesh in the person of Jesus Christ, that's what's going on, is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. It was already in the world in the first century. I, listen. Donald Trump continues to take these things on himself. You heard it from his, I'm the chosen one. He's looking up to the heavens. I'm the chosen one. It retweets that he's the second coming of God. Oh, but Tim, didn't you hear that great Christmas little talking? Do you really think that's being written by Trump? You really think that? Do you think he believes that considering the way he's lived his life. I'm talking about even since running for president the first time. Do you believe that? And again, I, I, people, <laughs> I understand people are at different levels of sanctification as Christians. I understand that. We're talking about a guy who's in his 70s who has had no significant transformation it's continued on in the same uh, behavior that he engaged in before. Is he as bad as some? Nope. Is he worse than others? Yeah. The fact of the matter is, is how the people are treating it. It's not so much with Trump. Trump can just be over there in his own world. It's the people that come behind and they support that idolatry. D do you see... It's the people who come along and they support that idolatry. That's where I had to kind of uh, cut off because of the page um, freezing up on me. Second John chapter 1, verse 7 is the other one. For many deceivers are entered in the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. And an antichrist. But we got a lot of antichrist, folks. Lots of antichrists. With their lips, they get close to God. With their hearts, they're far from Him. And they would rather have a man. Give us Barabbas. That's sort of the cry. Give us Trump. You can have this Jesus. Oh, we'll, we'll give lip service to Jesus till you take Him away and He's out of our sight. 
where we don't feel any guilt about committing spiritual adultery in the way that we're doing. Yeah. That's exactly what's going on here in the United States. That's, this is exactly what is going on. You know, Carol Ann, I, I don't normally see a lot of these things. I don't know. Is, is there a human that can run the country properly? Um, but let me say it this way. If there was, he would be a humble man. You would probably see it in the character demonstrated in his own home. He would probably be somebody that's not necessarily attractive-looking, good for the camera. He's probably much older. He's got probably several kids in his house. He's probably a farmer or somebody like that. And I'm talking about one that's not subsidized by government. I'm talking about like a, a farmer who's he's worked for everything he's got. He's managed his home. He's not in debt. Lives his life very simple. And he seeks to honor God in everything that he does. And the people know that he does this. Okay, The people know it. They know it in his life. Can you find that? If you can find that, you probably found a guy who could do those things. If, if, He'll take like 10 guys or 20 guys with him that are just like him as his advisors, as his cabinet members or whatever. Seriously. They're going to be very careful about spending everybody else's money because they know it's not theirs. And if they've conducted their affairs orderly and in a godly fashion, then I think, yeah, if you can find somebody like that, they probably could run things. But apart from that... No, most of these guys, the reason they're out there with their hand out for your vote doesn't have really anything to do with them wanting to change anything. It has to do with them wanting to acquire some kind of grandeur. I would never put myself up for running the country. (laughs) I would never do that. I don't want the job. I have no desire for any of those places of authority. I I just have have no desire for them. Nevertheless, I do believe there are men that God has equipped that can do the task that are before us. I do believe that. I just don't see them. And I think God equips men with what He demands. He equips them for it. That way they can't take any of the glory from it. It's all the glory of God. All right, so I want to end with this video. I got about three minutes here. I'm probably going to stop just to close out the show. Uh, so we'll do that in just a second. But uh, some of you guys have already seen this. Uh, if you're on the radio, you'll be able to hear everything. A lot of this is Donald Trump saying what Donald Trump says. I, I think it's probably one of the best videos I've seen. Uh, Bradley's done and ex- explaining what's going on here. Okay. So take a listen. And again, for those of you who already seen it, it doesn't hurt to have it out there. It'll be in the archive if you want to share it with friends on social media, you know, however far that gets with them. Uh, but this is it. It's, you know, Donald, we know what you said, but what is it that you did?
A warning for them that hear the next candidate talk of making America great again. Friends, do you like being lied to? Neither do I. And with that said, I felt it time to share with you what it is that I've been sharing over the last six years when it comes to the likes of a Donald Trump. As you know, Donald Trump has been groomed by the mainstream media in America for over 30 years now. You know, as Donald calls them, the mainstream media, fake news, well, he's right. And they did this in a favorable light. Donald Trump, like the Kardashians, have done nothing to warrant such acceptance and favorability that the mainstream media has given unto them. You are all often described as famous for being famous. You don't really act, you don't sing, you don't dance, you don't have any, forgive me, any talent. But we're still entertaining people. What I ask, you must answer. What is it that Donald Trump has done to attain such worldwide notoriety? Think of this for a moment, if you would. Why would Oprah Winfrey, back in 1988, have Donald Trump on her highly successful show asking him the question, teeing it up for him, of course, if he would ever consider running for the presidency of the United States of America? This, this sounds like political presidential talk to me, and I know people have talked to you about whether or not you want to run. Would you, would you ever? Probably not, but I, I do get tired of seeing the country ripped Why off. would you not? I just don't think I really have the inclination to do it. I love what I'm doing. I really like it. Also, I, it doesn't pay as well. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Friends, this is known as forecasting and conditioning. In 2004, Donald Trump was given his own television series called The Apprentice. This is to give you the impression, the people at large, that if anyone can get the job done, surely it will be Donald Trump. The opposite is true, but the American people not quite learning the lessons from the past, that is from the corrupt in Washington, along with the machine working hand in glove with the spin doctors and the useful idiots in the CIA mocking bird media. I gotta say. <laughs> All right, some of this stuff I'm having everything on different screens. Guys, catch Bradley at three. If you want to catch the rest of this video, sonsoflibertymedia.com, Sons of Liberty Radio Live on Rumble, and beforeitsnews.com. See you in the morning at Lord willing, 6 a.m. All right, I want to welcome everybody coming over from the radio and uh, just going to do this, uh, bring this up. I, I've got about everything set, but this computer won't hold certain settings, so every morning I have to change things. So I apologize. As we started the show, the music came in really loud. Um, I have to change things in that thing. I have to remember to do it. And then this one I forgot to turn down, so that's my fault. Here's the rest of this video, and uh, I, I do hope this is helpful. Mine is not, look, this is not an attack on Donald Trump. It's, it's mainly holding the mirror up to the people who keep looking at him as though he's going to save things and though he's going to fix it. He didn't do it the first go-around. He's not going to do it the second round. And you're going to see, he's, I, I told you this years ago, he's going to come out of all of this stuff unharmed, untainted. He, he's, I, I just, I don't see the man going to jail. I, I don't see it. Um, so just keep an eye on that. And you're already seeing some of this stuff already falling off pretty fast because they got, they got to get the drama over with so they can push him up to the forefront. Okay. And that's, that's what all that's about. And that's what Don, that's what uh, uh, Bradley was talking about here 
with his scene with Oprah and with the other things that he's going to promote here as to who was actually promoting Donald Trump all these years so you even know who his name is. Not bad for a guy who has done virtually nothing to receive all of this attention that he's been mysteriously handed. So without further narration on how it is that he got to the position with the help of his cronies in high places, let's get to what it is that he told the people in promise and what it is that he actually did. Remember Donald Trump told us on the presidential campaign trail that he was going to look into Hillary Clinton's lies and scandals with that special prosecutor? If I win, I am going to instruct my attorney general to get a special prosecutor to look into your situation because there has never been so many lies, so much deception. There has never been anything like it. And we're going to have a special prosecutor. Well, that's what he said. But 41 seconds into his victory speech, he tells the American people. I've just received a call from Secretary Clinton. She congratulated us, it's about us, on our victory. And I congratulated her and her family on a very, very hard-fought campaign. I mean, she, she fought very hard. Hillary has worked very long and very hard over a long period of time. And we owe her a major debt of gratitude for her service to our country. I mean that very sincerely. Now it's time. Friends, his first legislative act, as they call it, was the $1.3 trillion omnibus bill, which is described by the 2,232-page bill by Donald Trump as ridiculous, but said that he felt the need to sign it because of his duty to protect the country. As a matter of national security, I signed this omnibus budget bill, Trump said. There's a lot of things I'm unhappy about in this bill. I say to Congress, I will never sign another bill like this again. See, Trump complained that the bill was too long with too little time to read it. This is what's in the bill. $12 million scholarship for Lebanon. $20 million for the Middle East Partnership. $12 million in military funding for Vietnam. $3.5 million in nutrition assistance to Laos. $15 million in development assistance to China. $10 million for women Leos in Afghanistan. $218 million for promoting democracy development in Europe. $10 million for disadvantaged Egyptian students. $1.37 billion for contributions to international organizations. $51 million to promote international family planning and reproductive health. In other words, abortion. $10 $10 million for United Nations environmental programs. $5 million for Vietnam Education Foundation grants. $2.579 million for Commission on Security and Cooperation in Europe. $15 million to USAID for promoting international higher education between universities. for the Cultural Antiquities Task Force, 
6.25 for the Ambassadors Fund for Cultural Preservation, 20 million for countering foreign state propaganda, I kid you negative, $12 million for countering state disinformation and pressure. Remember friends, this was all done, said Donald Trump, for the protection of our country. We know what you told us, Donald Trump, but we also took the time to pay attention to the things that you in fact have done. Do you remember when Donald Trump told us that the national debt, you know, the national deficit, was going to be so easily resolved once he got into office? For many, many years, the United States has suffered through a massive trade deficit. That's why we have $20 trillion in debt. So we'll be changing that. It's literally first grade business. It's so simple. And the end result is it's tougher to get out because they've been so used to making so much money off our country. And we can't let them do that anymore. We're going to start paying down debt. We have a country that's essentially a debtor nation right now. So we're going to make our country wealthy again. Well, Donald Trump's presidency drove the national deficit even higher by adding $7.8 trillion to further indebt the American people. Is this how you make America great again? Trump, we know what you told us, but we also know what you did. Remember when Donald Trump told us that he was going to build the wall to keep America's enemies out? Well, take a look at this. I will build a great, great wall, and I will have Mexico pay for that wall. Mark my words. The wall's gonna get built, folks. Just in case anybody has any questions, we need the wall to get the wall. We're going to have a wall. The wall's happening. Build that wall. Build that wall. On day one, we will begin working on an impenetrable, physical, tall, powerful, beautiful southern border wall. So I'd love not to build the wall, but you need the wall. Building it? Not negotiable. Not we have no choice. We have to close down our government. We're building that wall. You can't get Mexico to pay for the wall. You, of course you can. Do you have any doubt that I will get them to pay for the wall? We will build the wall as sure as you are standing there. As sure as you're standing there. 100%. 100%. 100%. Who's going to pay for the wall? Who's not going to pay for the wall? Vermont. It now appears clear. U.S. taxpayers will have to pay for it up front. What is your plan? That's not clear at all. So the American taxpayer will pay for the wall at first. All it is is we'll be reimbursed. Mexico will be reimbursing the United States. It'll be reimbursed. It may be through a reimbursement. We did discuss the wall. We didn't discuss payment of the wall. I will build the greatest wall that you've ever seen. I want a gorgeous wall. And you do a beautiful, nice precast plank with beautiful everything, just perfect. What's it going to be made out of? What are the walls going to be made out of? It's going to be made of hardened concrete, and it's going to be made out of rebar and steel. I'm talking about a wall. See that ceiling up there? Oh, higher. We're thinking about building the wall as a solar wall, and we're going to have a door in the wall. If they ever get up there, they're in trouble, because there's no way to get down. Maybe a rope. It's not a fence. It's a wall. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, it could be some fencing. Mexico will not pay for the wall. Could we have your comment? They said yes. The wall just got ten feet taller. Ten feet taller. Ten feet higher. 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 Let's say the wall costs four billion, five billion dollars. The wall is going to cost six or seven billion. The wall's probably eight billion. It's going to cost ten billion. The wall's going to cost ten billion dollars. Maybe twelve. We're putting down twenty-five billion for the wall. And who's going to pay for the wall? Who's going to pay for the wall? 
we know what Donald Trump told us, but we also took the time to see what, in fact, that he's responsible for doing. Despite Donald acting worried about the infiltration of illegals, namely Muslims in this particular case, and playing up to the people that he was going to put a stop to it, nearly 180,000 illegal immigrants with criminal records ordered deported from our country are tonight roaming free to threaten peaceful citizens. They are being released by the tens of thousands into our communities with no regard for the impact on public safety or resources. What did Donald do? Why, he tripled funding of that of Obama when it came to the funding of these organizations in America. I can just hear it now, Bradley, I got you on the Second Amendment. Donald Trump was the most pro-Second Amendment president ever in the history of America, really. As politicians and anti-gun rights activists continuously chant, we don't want to take your guns behind the scenes, in only the last five months, under that of Donald Trump's presidency, politicians have been working overtime to limit your right to bear arms. These laws, as they call them, are all a reaction to the shooting in Parkland, Florida. And like most politicians in what it is that they always do, they are not letting this crisis go to waste. Since the tragic shooting in Florida in February, the Giffords Law Center to prevent gun violence under Donald Trump's administration has recorded a whopping 55 new gun control measures in 26 states. Americans, is this how you make America great again? Friends, did you also know besides claiming to be America's most gay president? Yes, you heard me right. Donald Trump was also the one behind the transgender pageantries. Also take note, friends, that Donald Trump was also the one attempting to globally decriminalize sodomy. You know it as the gay agenda. I will do everything in my power to protect our LGBTQ citizens from the violence and oppression of a hateful foreign ideology. Remember what an antichrist is. Remember what an antichrist is. Again, we know what you said, Donald Trump, but we're also paying attention to what it is that you're doing. What of the Department of Education under Donald Trump's presidency? Donald Trump's Secretary of Education, Betsy DeVos, signed on to a radical global declaration that calls for, among other absurdities, brainwashing children to believe in the United Nations-backed ideology of total government known as sustainable development. In fact, the pseudo-treaty inked by Trump's education chief suggests that the purpose of schooling is to indoctrinate children with right values and teach them to be obedient workers. Speaking of children, Donald Trump claimed to be, once again, the most pro-life president in the United States history. What? Yep, he said that. It is my profound honor to be the first president in history to attend the March for Life. We're here for a very simple reason, to defend 
the right of every child, born and unborn, to fulfill their God-given potential. Unborn children have never had a stronger defender in the White House. While publicly denouncing abortion behind closed doors, he was funding these murderous organizations. CNSnews.com reported February 9, 2018, despite promising to defund Planned Parenthood, President Donald Trump signed a budget Friday that was passed by the Republican-led Congress that fully funds the nation's largest abortion provider. In a letter to pro-lifers during the election, Trump and Vice President Mike Pence said, I am committed to defunding Planned Parenthood as long as they continue to perform abortions, reallocating their funding to community health centers that provide comprehensive health care for women. While the budget provides more funding for community health centers, it also fully funds Planned Parenthood. In fact, Trump has signed multiple continuing resolutions, CRs, that fully funded Planned Parenthood despite his campaign promise to defund it. The bill was passed in the wee hours of the night and complaining that they had just seven hours to read the 2,232-page bill, the length of two Bibles, said Representative Rod Bloom from Iowa, a bill stated Senator Rand Paul, which almost no one read. And P.S., in Planned Parenthood's fiscal year 2018, the first year that would reflect a Trump administration budget, Planned Parenthood received about $563.8 million in taxpayer funding. That level was a record for any administration in history, significantly more funding than Planned Parenthood got during any year of the Obama administration. We know what Donald Trump said, friends, but again, this is what he did. Apparently, this is how he makes America great again, and to his followers, of course. Did you also know that if Donald Trump is not granting clemency to his political cronies, then he is, that is during the late night hours, and this before leaving the People's White House, grants 147 criminals pardons before his departure. And the week before this, his final legislative act, the COVID-19 stimulus bill, which was found once again to have funded our sworn enemies and this on the backs of the American taxpayers. ABC7 reported the Washington DC pork inside of the new COVID-19 stimulus bill. It's called the COVID relief bill, but it has almost nothing to do with COVID, Trump said. This bill contains 85.5 million for assistance to Cambodia, 134 million to Burma, 1.3 billion for Egypt and the Egyptian military, which will go out and buy almost exclusively Russian military equipment, $25 million for democracy and gender programs in Pakistan, 505 million to Belize, Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, Nicaragua, and Panama. 40 million for the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C., which is not even open for business, 1 billion for the Smithsonian, and an additional $154 million for the National Gallery of Art, 
Likewise, these facilities are essentially not even open. Oh, and one more thing, Bill Gates received $3.36 billion in that COVID-19 stimulus bill to help vaccinate the world's poor. And the vaccinations, mind you, you know them as the experimental jabs that are responsible for the adverse side effects and deaths of millions thus far. In spite of all of this, and so proud of himself, Donald Trump has now declared himself the father of the vaccination. I would have put a warning on or something on just that particular vaccine, but I certainly would have deposed it and, and gotten front page news all over the world. And then people don't want it. And it probably even affects the others because, you know, there's a big situation with a lot of people don't want to take the vaccine. Well, this played right into their hands. And they want me to do public service messages and everything about everybody taking the vaccine. And look, I guess in a certain way, I'm the father of the vaccine because I was the one that pushed it, you know, to get it done in less than nine months. Friends, how could he do all of this without the help of the mainstream media that in fact sold you Donald Trump? And just think, you thought that they were attacking him. also know that Donald Trump, this noble billionaire, was also sold you as one that wouldn't take a paycheck from the American taxpayers. Oh boy, oh boy, I'm here to tell you, friends, that he's been doing nothing but taking from the American people. Now, in conclusion, before taking this lightly, do consider that hundreds of thousands of men have fought, bled, and died fighting against the very type of criminals in other countries that many are now subjecting themselves to in this country. These lying politicians promise with their hand on the Bible, swearing to God and to man to uphold, not to tear down the laws found within the U.S. Constitution, but to magnify the laws against the very crimes that in many cases they themselves are guilty of committing. Friends, this is not how you make America great again. All right. Okay. So, um, yeah, I, I play that. I think it's a great, um, and for whatever reason, everything's kind of stuck here. I don't know what's going on with my buttons. Um, <clears throat> yeah, a little problem there. I think it's a great uh, presentation. It kind of condenses it into 20 minutes so you can pass with some people. Uh, so they can see what's actually gone on versus just whatever they've been told happened. Uh, they can actually see it for themselves. You'll see the headlines there, uh, both from Mockingbird Media and the alternative media as to what was going on at, uh, at the time. By the way, if you wanted to call in, I didn't give the number, 803-619-9855. No, we're not taking culinary questions. <laughs> you would not want to hear my culinary skills. You really wouldn't. Uh, 
but you are welcome to call in uh, on this and comment. Or if you got a question, look, hey, look, I don't say it with any hostility. I don't say it with, uh, this presentation is not with any anger towards any person out there. But I got to tell you, I am frustrated with people who can see this. And then what they do is they go vote their fear. Well, I don't want the other guy in because he's really terrible. It's not that they have real confidence in the guy. They haven't had that among Republicans for decades. The, the people do this. They hold their nose and they do the thing, you know, that they're doing there. Somebody asked about General Flynn. Um, you know, I, I don't even know if a rumble will let me pull this up. Um, let me see if it will. And, okay, yeah. Okay, so th- I'm just going to end with this. Uh, somebody asked about General Flynn. He's being put up and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And, I, yeah, I know he's out there in the front. We've had a chance to, you know, we've had people want us to interview him, want us to interview his wife. I I, I just, I got to tell you, I have no interest in interviewing the guy. I, I don't, I don't like not like him as a person or something. I just like Trump. I don't, I don't find that I'm, I wouldn't like him as a person or something, but I I just, it's like, man, I don't he doesn't, I don't think he has anything to teach me. That's number one. And two, I don't see him doing the stuff. I see him promoting Trump and this MAGA stuff. And listen, friends, if you really want to know what makes America great or what made America great, go back before the constitution. That's where you'll find out what made America great. It wasn't us being uh, a great business enterprise. It wasn't us being the, you know, a monetary kind of thing. That wasn't what made America great. What made America great was that men recognized they had one king. That was Jesus. He was the lawgiver, and they wanted to establish his law to govern their lives and to govern their communities. That's what made America great. And the teaching of that to their children, Deuteronomy 6. The teaching of those things, that's what made America great. As a result, there were things that the people were prosperous, no question about that. But as soon as that prosperity started to become things that dismantled the family, working in the factories, sending mom off to work, taking dad and sending him to these foreign wars to be fought, tearing the family apart, then mom's out of the house, dad's out of the house, kids got to be sent to the government indoctrination centers we call public schools. That's Marxism to a T. It is to rip the family apart. That is not what the Bible says to do. But we, but our forefathers bought into it. And they taught us to buy into it. And that's why we're in the position we're in today. We're looking for ways out when we don't, many of us don't even realize how deep we're in. And we think that Donald Trump, Joe Biden, or whatever flunky they're going to... F- I mean, seriously, think about all of the uh, really intelligent men out there who know how to handle finances. They know how to manage people. They've, they govern their own lives well and the lives of their families. They have a good reputation in the church and out of the church. Who could be offered up and who could have real constitutional solutions and would obey the boundaries that the people set, and they're never put up. We always get these clowns 
out of the media in one form or another, entertainment, or they're in politics, which, as Kate says, is Hollywood for ugly people. That's what we get. We don't get the cream of the crop in the United States to pick from to represent us. We sort of get, in many cases, the guys who's been in the gutter with everybody else. By the way, I was thinking about this because some people made mention of Trump and they said, well, he worked with Don, well, he worked with the FBI, you know, and all this stuff with, with it. And I got to thinking about that. I get to thinking about that on January, about January 6th. Who are the main people going after people there? The FBI. Who was the one that lured the people there and told them, we, I guess he had a mouse in his pocket. Or something. We're going to go down to the Capitol building and they're going to hear our protests. We're going to go. I'm going to go with you. And then he didn't go. I just, I asked the question, was he working with the FBI on it? Because he hasn't done a thing to help any of those prisoners get out. Hasn't really done anything for him. Keeps hoping the people is going to support him. That's all I'm saying. Are you engaged in political idolatry? If you are, confess it and repent. I mean, this is, this is not a thing where Tim Brown's here going to beat you over the head and say, you must do this and that. No, if you're engaged in it, then repent. It's that simple. Maybe you didn't know some of these things that we shared this morning. Maybe you bought the lie of what, what was told there. Lots of people have. But lots of people have also started to see the truth and they said, I'm not going to have any part. I'm not going to have anything to do with that. I'm not going to give my consent for somebody to govern over me in a manner that, that they're governing. This is why I won't vote for any of those people going to D.C. None of them. Probably won't be too many that I deal with in the state house. Why? Because I don't know them. I can't verify if they got good character or not. Why would I want to? I mean, if the Bible tells us that we're not to lay hands on <clears throat> uh, people quickly when you know they're seeking to take the gospel and things of that nature, well, shouldn't we be that way when we're putting somebody in a position of authority? Yeah, we should be very careful about that. We shouldn't do that very hastily. But boy, as soon as they name a name, people are jumping on that from whatever party they're on and saying, we got to get behind this guy. They just jump right behind it based off of, I don't know, something they like the guy said or whatever. It doesn't matter how lawless he is, doesn't matter how... Uh, a lack of governance of his own of his own self or his family or anything that he does. Again, I I'm not looking for a guy who is you know spotless in every way. But I, I'll tell you what, it's the like the office of a president. Article two is pretty short. He doesn't have a lot of duties that he has to do. He really doesn't. A lot of things you see presidents do now, it's not their duty to do. Same thing with congressmen. Article 1, it's not like there's a lot there. Same thing with judges. It's not like there's a lot there. It's very confined to what your duty is. And yet people will come and they'll say, the voice of a God and not of man. The voice of a God and not of man. Now, I know they're not saying that, but they are saying that in their actions. The justification of the lawlessness, the justification of the unconstitutional behavior, the justification for the unconstitutional spending, which is theft, 
the pushing forth of the bioweapon and telling people it was safe and effective and blah, 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 blah. Nobody's died from it and all this other. He's still doing that. But yeah, Joe Flynn, he's been promoting Donald Trump. And um, <clears throat> this was a prayer that he gave at Kenneth Copeland's church. And you know who Kenneth Copeland is. I mean, that guy, if, if, if demons have a face, that guy's got one. I mean, it, it's, he's got one. This guy is anathema. He preaches a different gospel, just like what I read to you from Galatians chapter 1. He reads, uh, he promotes a different gospel. It is not the gospel that calls men away from their sin. Uh, it looks to, to God. It looks to Jesus as some kind of genie, uh, um, you know, a great-grandfather to give you all these goodies. This is General Flynn, but... He's compared with a lady by the name of Elizabeth Clare Prophet. Now, some of you may know who she is. You may not know who she is. In 1984, she prayed the same prayer. He plagiarized this prayer. But it's a, it's a pagan prayer. You're going to pick up on it real quick, especially many of you who are my former Roman Catholic friends, which we're glad that you've left that institution, uh, and hopefully you're seeking after the one true and living God and his son, the Lord Jesus. This is, that, this is that video. It's just a comparison. It's about two minutes. You ask me about Flynn. This is one of many reasons I couldn't support Flynn on anything either. Okay, here it is. Mighty I am presence. I am here, O oh God, and I am the instrument of those sevenfold rays and archangels. We are your instrument of those sevenfold rays and all your archangels, all of them. And I will not retreat. I will take my stand. I will not fear to speak. And I will be the instrument of God's will, whatever it is. We will not retreat. We will not retreat. We will stand our ground. We'll, we will not fear to speak. We will be the instrument of your will, whatever it is. Here I am, so help me God, in the name of Archangel Michael and his legions. I am freeborn, and I shall remain freeborn, and I shall not be enslaved by any foe within or without. In your name, and the name of your legions, we are freeborn, and we shall remain freeborn, and we shall not be enslaved by any foe, within or without. So help me God. God bless you. God bless America. Thank you very much. Mm, which God? Which God there, Mr. Flynn? Yeah, I... <clears throat> I'm having for whatever reason my buttons are gone again, so I'm having to click little stuff. It's a little, it's a little thing. The computer's holding up good, so that's great. I'm going to close out the show here. That's why I won't do that. That's why I won't support Michael Flynn. Um, and this is again, this goes to who a man surrounds himself with. Again, we saw it with Trump. He, he said, you know, I'm, we're going to drain the swamp, except. Who was he putting in his cabinet? It was all swamp people. It was all people who had all, uh, they'd all been there. 
All these Republican dinosaurs that that were in there. We had John Bolton in there. We had Jeff Sessions in there. We had Rince Priebus in there. We had all these people. And then he brings in his buddy from Exxon to run the State Department. Yeah, that sounds like what we should do. That's draining the swamp. Fauci in there for the bioweapon distribution. Burks. All these people who've been there are, that are a part of the swamp, they're part of the mud and the slime and everything else that's there, and he left them in there. No justice. Friends, what's it going to take for those of you engaged in your political idolatry to abandon it? What's it going to take? Is it going to take these people that you're promoting and that you're voting for and you're giving consent to govern you, is it going to take them taking your property? Like they did the Marine, they took almost $100,000 from me on the side of the road because it smelled of drugs. Is it going to take them doing something to your kids, your wife, is it going to take cutting you off from society through a social credit system? I mean, what's it going to take for your eyes get opened as to what's going on, how you're being played? Stop playing in the system. It's the beast system. That's what it is. And the one thing it's missing is justice, real justice against real criminals. And I'm not talking about the injustice against people who are simply obeying lawfully. And I'm talking about the law of God. They're not, they're not committing crimes against their neighbors and they're not committing crimes against God. Those people are being attacked while the ones who are violating law are given a pass and promoted and they ask for your vote. Now, how long are you going to waffle here between two opinions? I'm sort of paraphrasing. How long are you going to do that? If the Lord is God, then serve him. If you think Donald Trump is your savior and he's going to fix everything, because that's really where all of that ends up going. When you talk to people, that oh, no, I don't believe he's God. Jesus is my Lord. But then when you start talking to him about what he's going to do, he's Superman. I mean, he is Messiah. He is, he is the Christ. And that's why they write books like what they write. Because that's what they see. But people don't like it when you point that out and you show them they're engaged in idolatry. Oh, friends, it's the same thing that happens when you have to confront a man when he's engaged in pornography. It's the same thing you have to confront a man when he's gone from he'll have a drink to he's a drunkard. It's the same thing that happens when you have to confront a man because he's stolen something from you or from somebody else. It's the same thing when you have to confront a man because he's engaged in adultery with another woman. It's the same thing when you have to confront a preacher who's not studying diligently in the Scriptures, but he's ripping off somebody else's uh, uh, sermon and not giving proper credit to that person. It's the same thing. It's all sin. It's deception. It's, it's wrong. It's crimes against God. When are we ready to leave that off and really make America great the way it was intended to be great? I'll tell you what, most people don't want the greatness that America was.
when it was great. They don't want that. They like the depravity. They like the, they like the decadent culture. There are many who like that. And that's why they like people who engage in that culture. Let me ask you something. We know about Bill Clinton. Somebody was making mention of the, uh, the lists <clears throat> for the Epstein stuff, which is not really a list of clients, by the way. There are some people in there who are, but it's not the full list of who the clients were. A lot of the names that have come out, are, we, we already knew they were there anyway. Bill Clinton's not a surprise. None of those things. And though Donald Trump was not there on the island that we see, was in his black book. There were contacts for him and Melania and several numbers that were there. That's easily found on the internet. That's not a same surprise. All that's there. But look at what Donald was involved in all these decades. The decadence of what he did. The video that uh, was it NBC or whatever had with him and Epstein and he's dancing with all the women. I mean, that's a, it's a decadent lifestyle that he's living. Every wife he's had, he's committed adultery with. But Christians will still justify it and say... The guy earlier, he's the best president we've ever had. What? I, I don't. I, I I don't get it. I don't get it. My hope is is that people would just see this and they'd repent of of having any kind of idolatry, whether it's for Trump or whether it's for you name your Republican or your Democrat or who your independent person that you get away from that. They're men. They're always going to fail you. We submit to one king here, and that's King Jesus. That's it. He is perfecto. His word is perfecto. His law is perfecto. It converts the soul. If we'll hold it up to people, and then we'll tell them there's a Savior from the sin for breaking that very law. There's a Savior from that. And his name's Jesus. It isn't Trump. Trump's not going to save you from it. Be sure your sins are going to find you out, America. They're finding us out. They're finding us out every day. Where is the repentance? Where is the justice? Where's it at? It's not existing in our reality right now because we haven't been a people who've been seeking it. We haven't been seeking it. We like to be political junkies. We like to know all kinds of things. But our knowledge of the Word of God and obeying it is what's lacking. How many of you will watch 10, 20, 30 documentaries today? You'll watch about the Masons, and you'll watch about the Roman Catholics, and you'll watch about the Jesuits. And, and I'm not saying those things are not important. They are, okay? But I'm saying you'll give your time to all that today. You'll share it with a lot of people and you won't give five minutes to read your Bible. How, how many of you are like that out there? See, that's an idolatry. That's part of this political idolatry. Maybe you're, you're in agreement with me about Trump, but you're doing stuff like that. Well, what's the difference? That we've got to bring this back to where we are supposed to be. This is the place where you know, we have some say-so. 
in doing with our lives what we're supposed to do. I want to leave you with that. Um, Bradley, be with you at 3. And, um, yeah, we'll be back with you in the morning, 6 a.m., bright and early. Talk to you then. See you.